yet, but I've been up since Sunday. Oh, Bill was asking, and I'm not used to having the option. He asked me like I had an option whether I was going to have a service Wednesday night or not. But, uh, but uh, we'll start reading. It says, For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously, who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed, for ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. Uh, verse 24 there was what I really wanted to hit on. Uh, the, the very, the, in the middle there it says that we being dead to sins. Um, the, the title, I guess, is as I was already dead. You know, with, I think a whole lot of times we get life and, and salvation, all this stuff mixed up. The day we were born, we were already dead. I, I, wasn't, just, I wasn't just a lost boy at 12 year old. I was dead. I had no hope. I had no peace. If I wouldn't have turned to God, I was dead. I was dead already. I had no, nothing to look forward to but hell. I wasn't just lost. I was dead. I had nothing to look forward to. And then I, I was reading that just a minute ago, and I thought, man, 22, it said, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. So when they insulted him, he didn't say nothing. Uh, don't we fail a whole lot right there? And then it says, when he suffered, he threatened not. Man, that's, that's another place we fail right there. I suffer, and I go through things, and I'm like, man, I'll just, I'll just go smack him across the face, or I'll go do this, I'll go do that, but... When he, was, when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously, who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live under righteousness. He did all that just so we could have a chance to live. Just so we could have a chance to live. I was already dead in sin. I wasn't just a lost man. I wasn't just a sinner. I was dead. I had no hope. Not just, not just hell and the second death. I was already dead and didn't even realize it. I was dead in my sins. I was dead in my trespasses. I had nothing to look forward to. I was already dead and didn't even realize it. This world and half the church is already dead and don't even realize it. How soon we forget. I'll get to that in a minute. I won't get ahead of myself. But, uh, John 10, 9. says, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Um, verse 10 there, the thief cometh not but for steal, kill, and destroy. Haven't we seen that more and more every day? The devil is doing everything he can to kill us, to steal the things we've got, and to destroy our life. You can look at the church, just a few families of the church, that's just destroyed. Because the devil's about his business. But see, then the second part, it says, I am come that they might have life, and they might have it more abundantly. So not only did he give me life, so when I was saved at 13-year-old, then I really got life. Then I really understood what life was. I was dead. I had nothing to look forward to. If I kept living my life the way I was, then I'd have died again. I'd have had the second death. Here lately, the judgment scares me absolutely to death. 
Because even after I die, I might be a Christian, but the judgment scares me to death. Because not only am I going to be judged on the things that I have done, then I'm going to be judged on the things that I haven't done. Every idle word, the things that the Lord's told me to do and I ain't done, they're going to be told back to me. And that terrifies me. I'm trying my best to live right and do the things I can for God, but it absolutely terrifies me that I'm going to have to stand before God and be judged on the things that I didn't do. Not so much the things I did do, but the things I haven't done. The things that the Lord's told me to do and I didn't. Because I've forgotten that I was already dead. I've forgotten that I had no hope, no peace, and no life. And then he came into my life, and then he gave me life, and then he gave it to me more abundantly. I can go back and look when I was 13 year old, and we can go on down the road now. I'm 25, almost 26. And man, ain't my life been a whole lot more abundant. The things that I've got, I can go back just five short years and not only, I got, Shania was doing our taxes the other night and I could have just shouted the house down because I went from, I can do a little side job and make about what I was making whenever we brought Adeline home. The, the little side job that I'm doing, I can make on that a year about what I was making at my full-time job whenever we brought Adeline home. And then now I'm working, making way more than I was. Now Shania's got a stay-at-home job where she can work and still take care of the youngins and make about what I'm making. And then here we sit in church. Not only did he give me life, but then he gave it to me more abundantly. Everything I've got, I don't even deserve. Everything I've got, I ain't done nothing for it. I ain't deserved it. I ain't worked enough for it. I ain't prayed enough for it. I ain't praised the Lord enough for it. Everything I've got, He's given to me just because He loves me. Just because on a hill called Calvary, He bore my sins. He bore my punishment. The things that I deserved, He took so I didn't have to. When I deserved death, He went ahead and went on the cross and took it so I didn't have to. I was already dead in my sins. I had nothing to look forward to. And then a man named Jesus passed by. And not only did He give me life, then He gave it to me more abundantly. I can go back day after day after day. I know I've said it a whole bunch of times, but he daily loaded us with benefits. I can go back day after day after day. April the 16th, 2011, he gave me life. And then every day after that, he's given it to me more abundantly. Every day after that, he's given me far more than I deserved. Every day after that, he's given me way more chances than I deserved. Way more grace and mercy than I ever deserved. Everything that I do is useless. My righteousness is as filthy rags. Nothing I do is good enough. Everything I do is never going to be good enough. But he still loves me anyway. He still saved my soul. He still gave me life. He still gave me a way to make it to heaven, even though I didn't deserve it. Even though I was nobody, even though I was nothing, he still loved me enough to go on and take what I deserve so I could have life and have it more abundantly. The church world has forgot that we weren't just lost. We were dead, dead already. We, all we had to look forward to was hell, which is a second death. There is no escape. There is nothing we can look forward to. And that's where we were at already and didn't even realize it. We have forgotten that we were dead and now he's given us life. There's a whole bunch of people here tonight that... We may remember he's given us life, but then there's some that ain't here that should be here that's forgotten that God had given them life. He's forgot, we've forgotten as a church that God give us life and more abundantly. And then everything else comes before God because, well, well, we come up with all kinds of excuses. I've, more and more as I've been preaching, I, I understand what Bill's talking about every Sunday when he gets up here and says, you wouldn't believe the excuses I've heard this week. Because you wouldn't believe some of the excuses I've heard this week. From the ones that ain't here, the ones that we try and witness to, the ones that we went and seen Saturday, and I really thought a couple was going to come, and then, oh, well, this came up. Oh, well, this, this is what's going on today. Oh, well, I need an excuse to be here. 
not to not be here. If, if you're already trying to find an excuse not to be here, son, you're already messed up. You're already in the wrong. This needs to come first. I know it's church. I know it's Wednesday night. But this is a place, preachers already said it, this is a place that God has set up where you can come get help. Sunday was the closest thing you can get to a hallelujah message. If you if you're tr- if you got trouble, if you got things going on, if you're heavy laden, if you're burdened down, come to me and I'll give you rest. What, more, what closer to a hallelujah message can you get than that? And here we sat as a church because we've forgotten that we were dead and he gave us life. We had nothing. I had nothing. It may have looked like my life was going good. I was a preacher's kid. Everything that I had wasn't because of me, but because the prayers of the ones before me and God's grace and mercy is why I had what I had. I was already dead. I had nothing. Nothing in my name. I was 13. I literally had nothing to my name. But then he come along and give me life. He's given me a wife, youngest, a great church family, a great pastor, a great church to come to, a vehicle that gets me everywhere I want to go, a good job, a work truck I can drive back and forth. I ain't got to worry about if I'm going to make it to work each and every day. All kinds of things he's blessed me with after and after he gave me life, after he saved my soul, after he took that punishment that I deserved, he still blesses me. He still, he gives me life and he gives it to me more abundantly. I could never be where I'm at right now if it wasn't for the hand of God. I could never have the things that I've got right now if it wasn't for the hand of God. I'd be dead still if it wasn't for the hand of God. We forget that we were dead in our sins. We weren't just lost. We weren't just floating through the world. We were dead. We had nothing. We were dead. And then Jesus came by, brought us out of the wilderness, gave us life and gave it to us more abundantly. What more could we ask for? If he had saved me from hell and left me, I'll say this till the day I die. If he had saved me from hell and left me in a cardboard box, I'd still have to praise him. Because he gave me life. He gave me a way to make it to heaven. And I didn't have to die and go to hell. I don't have to live in this world in sin and be beat down and discouraged and everything just be oh so awful. Because the more and more this world goes on, the more and more the Bible's fulfilling itself. We should be the happiest people in the world because we know that Jesus is coming back soon. We know that one of these days we don't have to live here anymore. We know it ain't going to be no problem to sleep one of these days. It ain't going to be no problem to have to get up and aches and groans and all these things we got going on. We don't have to worry about our face being red. We don't have to worry about throat cancer. We don't have to worry about all these things because Jesus is coming back one of these days. And he's given us life. If we've been saved, he's given us life. We have nothing to worry about. We have life and have it more abundantly. What more could we ask for? What better thing is there in the whole world? Nobody else could have come by and given me life. Nobody else could have took my punishment on that cross for me so I didn't have to die and go to hell. Nobody else could do the things in my life that God's done for me. I can go back to an exact day, an exact time when it looked like we was going to lose everything. And now I've got more than I can shake a stick at. I've got so much now I've got to worry if I'm going to be able to pay for it again. Because I put myself in that position because God has blessed me so much to be able to buy land, be able to buy trucks, to try and buy a house and all these things. When I couldn't even afford, didn't even know if I was going to make it the next day. Didn't know if my vehicle was going to get repossessed. Had a wife and a young and looked like everything was just going the wrong way. And then here come Jesus. And here come my more abundant life that I didn't deserve. When you try and serve God, things change. And then when you don't try and serve God, things change. I'd much rather try the best and be a failure and God still bless me. We may think we're failures, but who were the disciples? They were nobodies. I told them last Wednesday, they were nobodies. Those fishermen, a bunch of nobodies. And the Lord picked them, each and every one, to be disciples. I know not every one of them was fishermen, but the majority of them were nothing but fishermen. They was nobodies. 
It's okay that you're a nobody. It's okay that you're a failure because Jesus handpicked you. He knew exactly who we were when he died on Calvary. He knew exactly who we'd be, and he still went anyway. And then he's given us life and given it to us more abundantly. We've forgotten that we were dead. I don't want to forget that I was dead. I don't want to forget what God's done for me. He's done way too much for me to sit back and just forget and not praise him for what he's done for me, not thank him for what he's done for me, not try and live the best I can because he's already given me everything he has. He's already given me more than I could ever imagine, more than I ever deserved. And we've got to start doing better as a church. It ain't just Mount Vernon, but as a church as a whole. You want to know why America looks so bad? It's because of the church. We've backed up so far, Bill's preached it for years, and then we've backed up even more. We've backed up so far, it's pathetic, because we forgot that we were dead. We forgot what we used to be. We forgot the, the hell holes and the mire that we were in before God came by. We forgot what we used to be. We've gotten exalted like Capernaum, and now we think we are somebody, because we come to church every once in a while, and we're saved now, and now we think we are somebody. But the Bible said, preacher brought it to a Sunday, Capernaum's going to be brought down. We're going to be brought down if we don't humble ourselves and pray. If we don't change some things in our own life, God's going to cut us down. And I don't want that. I want us to change our ways, our own self, and see the fog of God come back in here. Sunday was one of the most times, one of the times I felt more spiritual in a long time. We went visiting Saturday night, saying it's because we went visiting her, putting us up on a pulse or nothing. But the Bible says if you do these things, (coughs) <coughs> that'll bless us. If we try and live a little bit closer and do some of the things that the Bible has laid out for us to do, we might come in here and be spiritual on Sunday. We might come in here and be spiritual on Wednesday night. If we would start working for God and putting a little bit, of, putting forth a little bit of effort, things might change. Not just coming in here Sunday and Wednesday expecting something to happen and not change anything. We've heard it before. What's the definition, definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and over again expecting a different result. We come in here over and over and over again on Sunday and Wednesday, the same old routine, same old things, same old people, and nothing changes, and we wonder why. Don't look at everybody else and expect them to change. You change something about yourself. The reason I felt a little bit more spiritual Sunday is because I actually went and done something for the Lord on Saturday. I changed something about me, and when I come in here, I felt a little bit better on Sunday. If we start changing stuff about us and our own self and quit worrying about everybody else, then we might come in here more spiritual on Sunday. might come in here more spiritual on Wednesday night. We've got to quit worrying about everybody else and remember that we were dead. Each and every one of us, we was dust when we, when we was born, we're going back to the dust. We ain't, none of us is better than the other. Not a single one of us is going to have more when we get to heaven than another one does. If we don't make it to heaven and we go to hell, we're all going to be there together. It ain't going to be no different. It's all going to be the same one way or the other. Nobody's better than the other. Nobody's worse than the other. We got to quit focusing on everybody else and change something about me. If I done went with more of the Spirit of the Lord Saturday, maybe one of them boys would have got saved when we showed up at their house. Quit worrying about everybody else. Start worrying about our own self and remember that we were dead, we were nothing, we were nobodies until Jesus came by. We'd have nothing without Jesus and we are nothing without Jesus. And thus not forget it. Ephesians 2.
we'll start at verse 1. It says, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kingdom towards us through Christ Jesus. Ain't that our life? We can go back and look that we had no hope, we had nothing. We were just, by nature, the children of wrath. When we're born, we're born sinners. We have no, cho- we have no choice in it. When we're born, we're born sinners. Each and every one of us is the, is the children of wrath. But then right there in verse 4, I love when but God comes in. Now, those two little words right there, you know something's going to happen. It says, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together. That word quickened means made alive. So when he made us alive together with Christ, by grace we are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Even though we think things ain't going the way we want them to, even though we think, well, Mount Vernon's falling off, the members is leaving, all the bill's old and decrepit, he's still doing exactly what God wants him to do. The Spirit was still here Sunday if we was going to receive it. Bill is still our pastor, and he's still doing a fantastic job because he's doing exactly what God has called him to do, and here we are sitting together in heavenly places. Mount Vernon is a heavenly place. If we could realize that he's quickening us together, this ain't coincidence. T.J. made fun of me a couple weeks ago because I said we was all born in North Carolina. I guess I've lived down here for a year, and I guess now I'm just thinking I'm born in North Carolina. But all of us was born close enough in this vicinity to where we can now come together at Mount Vernon Church. It ain't just coincidence. It ain't just coincidence that Bill came down here and then ended up being the pastor. It ain't just coincidence that Patsy invited Granny Ann to church. Now here we all are. It ain't just coincidence that all this is set up. God has put all this divinely together and made us, quickened us and made us alive to sit in heavenly places together. And here we sit all together because that's the way God seemed fit for it to be. Nothing in this world happens by accident. It's all exactly the way that God has it planned out. It's all exactly the way that God wants it to be. He's the only one that could have made us, made us alive. He's the only one that could have quickened us. He handpicked us. I can't get over that. Jeffrey taught it Sunday morning how we're precious to him. He handpicked each and every one of us. So he's on visitation, Josh said, you know, God has created everything. He spoke everything into existence. He said literally the only thing that he wants is for us to be saved. The only thing that he wants for, the only thing that he don't have is our soul if we're not saved. He owns everything else. The only thing he wants is for us to be saved and for us to be his children. Because he sees us when we're dead. He knows when we're dead and it grieves his spirit. He wants us to be saved. Hell wasn't made for us, but we've, we've rejected God like the pastors preached for the past six months. We've rejected God and now hell has had to enlarge itself. You know why hell had to enlarge itself? Because it wasn't made for us. But too many people ain't doing what God wants them to do. We've forgotten that we were dead in sins. And we just stroll on through life and don't tell nobody else about how great Jesus is. Don't tell nobody else that you can be saved and not have to die and go to hell. And then we don't live right so we don't have no power of God about us when we do try and tell somebody. And wonder why the world's dying and going to hell. Wonder why the things is looking so bad. Wonder why the things is going the way they're going. Because we've forgotten that we were dead.
I was dead already. I'll say it 50 times now. I don't know. I was dead already. Headed straight for hell till Jesus came by. And then he made me alive. And then he gave me life. He quickened me. Give me life and give it to me more abundantly. I couldn't have anything I've got right now if he hadn't given it to me. The breath I just took, I wouldn't have if he didn't see fit for it. The pastors went through a lot of things the past few years. Have y'all realized? I can remember him walking up and down through here with a walker with a hip replacement. Then he has a heart attack, still here preaching. Then he's got throat cancer, still here preaching. Now he's only got one vocal cord, still here preaching. Time after time after time, he's been faithful. He's been an example. I know he's burdened. I can only imagine having a call to preach and only having one vocal cord. But he's still doing a fantastic job. I don't want him to be discouraged. I know it's hard. The flesh tells you, oh, you ain't doing no good. You might as well just step down. You might as well just quit. But if God wants him to do it, then he needs to do it. There ain't no, there ain't no sense. He has been my example for the past 22 years. I don't want it to change now. I don't want things to change. Because if he's gone, then who? Then what? Then what are we going to do? Are we going to have somebody else that's just as faithful, that's been just as an example as he has, sun shot, guts blowed out everywhere, but he's still here? Thing after thing after thing, the devil has tried to kill, steal, and destroy that family. I know others have problems, and I ain't trying to build Bill up on a pedestal, but the devil has tried to kill, steal, and destroy that family, but he's been here. He's been faithful. He's tried his best to serve God, and then the rest of the church rejects it. The rest of the church has forgotten that we were dead. Bill remembers when he was 26-year-old wrapped around a toilet and didn't have nowhere else to go when he was dead. That's why he's here. I remember when I was dead. You say, well, you as a preacher's kid, you was at church your whole life. Religion will send you straight to hell faster than anything else. Unless you have a true relationship with Jesus, you've got no hope and you're dead already. Nothing you have is going to be worth anything. The Lord came by and gave me life. Nothing else could have and nothing else did until the Lord came by. That's why Bill is so faithful. He remembers the time when he was dead. I'm scared to death. I'm going to get up there and the Lord say, you didn't do enough. You know, well, well, you're saved. Yeah. But what if? What if? He says, depart from me. I don't even want there to be a, I don't even want that to be an option. Why do, we, why do we put this up there like it's an option to come to church? Like it's an option to serve God. Because one day we're going to face the judgment and he's either going to say, come on in, my good and faithful servant, or depart from me, I never knew you. I don't want to hear that. I don't want it to be an option. I don't want to leave it up to chance and just kick my feet back and forget that I was dead and not do nothing that God wants me to do. I don't even want it to be an option. I don't want the Lord to have to think about it. Just say, come on in. As soon as he sees me coming, not, uh, I'm going to have to read about this. I'm going to have to study this a little bit. I don't know, son. I don't know that you did enough. That terrifies me. I don't know about everybody else, but that scares me to death because he is the one that holds my soul in his hands because he gave me life and now he holds my life. Now he has it. It's his. I have no other choice but to serve God the best I can so I don't have to die and go to hell. If we don't do everything we can, hell's still an option. He kicked out the devil and his angels. It's still an option. Don't think just because we're saved when we come to church faithfully and we try and do right and try and do things like we're supposed to do don't think it's still ain't an option you can backslide you can't walk away from God we ain't eternally secure I know it's been preached here for years but we ain't eternally secure unless you do the will of the Father that's the kicker that's a big picture that's a big part of it we can't do what we want to do and expect to get there because we were dead and he give us life so now he holds it 
He holds our life. We have no other option. We have no choice. I don't want to hear departing. I don't know about y'all, but that terrifies me. Is that not scary? To think, man, I tried my best and the Lord can still say, depart from me. I don't want that. That's not why I'm here. I didn't get saved so I could just live any old way and do what I want to do and then the Lord still say, depart from me. I never knew you. That ain't what I seen hell and I seen the only one that could give me escape from hell and I thought, yeah, I think I'll go that way. I don't want to die and go to hell. I don't want to do what I want to do. He gave me life. Nobody else could have done that. He seen that I was by nature a children of wrath, but he still, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. By grace we're saved. I didn't work for it. I didn't deserve it. I didn't do nothing for it. But he handpicked me on April the 16th, 2011. He called my name. John 11, verse Everybody knows the scriptures. I'm going to kind of read through it fast. It says, Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to confront them, comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith to her, Thy brother shall rise again. And Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? And she saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she had, when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary her sister secretly, saying, The Master has come and calleth for thee. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. I jumped to 32. says, Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. That's the second time we've heard that. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled, and said, Where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man should have not died. Jesus therefore again, groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha the sister of him that was dead saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldst believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast, thou hast heard me. 
and I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And when... And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. So a few different points there. Verse 33, it says, When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. 35 says, Jesus wept. And 38 says, Jesus therefore again, groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It don't make Jesus happy to see us dead. Larry Johnson was dead. He was a drunk. But because of the other people's prayers, other people's weeping, Jesus seen it and he groaned. He didn't die on the cross just to see us die and go to hell. When we're dead, it groans him in the spirit. He cries. He weeps for us because when he sees that we're dead, man, he knows that we've missed the mark. He come and died and bore our sin and bore our all of our faults on the cross, and when he sees us dead, it hurts him. It don't make him happy. He ain't glad to see when we mess up. He ain't glad to see the lost people dying and going to hell all the time. It groans him in his spirit. But then down here, 43, it says, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto him, Loose him and let him go. So on April the 16th, 2011, I heard Justin come forth. I heard my name. The Lord started knocking. He said, Justin, come forth. And then, then I was dead, and I came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. Sin has covered me up. But he said, Justin, come forth. So then he said, loose him and let him go. He took off all that sin. He took off all them grave clothes that I was wearing. All that sin and transgression, all them, all them bad things that I had done, all them times I didn't live right for the Lord, all the times before that day that the Lord had knocked on my heart and I rejected Him. He took off all those grave clothes. When He called my name and said, Justin, come forth. Nobody else heard it but me. Nobody else could have done it but me. It didn't matter how many times Dad or Jerry said, get saved. If the Lord hadn't been knocking on my heart and said, Justin, come forth, I never would have had life. I know, the, I know what the story means, but to me, when God called my name, it was better than Lazarus. Lazarus was dead. He already had the victory, and the Lord brought him back. I was dead, and the Lord saved my soul. Now I have the victory for the rest of my life. I don't ever have to worry about dying and going to hell no more because he called my name. He picked me out of everybody, out of the 9 billion people in the world. On April the 16th, 2011, he said, Justin, come forth. He didn't call nobody else. He, he didn't call Shania like the preacher does every once in a while. The Lord wanted me. He called my name. He didn't call somebody else. He called my name and said, come forth. He wasn't looking for nobody else. He was looking for me. He seen what I was. He seen that I was dead. And it grieved him in the spirit, so he called my name. He wanted to see me have life. He wanted me to have life and have it more abundantly. That was the whole reason he came. The whole reason he died on the cross and took all them punishments, took all that suffering was for me because he seen me way on down the road, knew that I was dead. He knew that I had nothing. He knew I was going to need a Savior. And he still went ahead and took all that, st all that, all that sin, all that grief, all them punishments, all that suffering. He said, I'll go because he knew I was going to need life. And not only did he give me life, he gave it to me more abundantly, more than I ever deserved. He gave it to me because one day he called my name. Because he called me out of everybody else. One day he called you. Can you remember when you were dead and the Lord called your name? 
Are we not happy that we have life and have it more abundantly now? I was dead. I was All I had to look forward to was hell. And then the Lord came by. Don't that make us happy over nothing? Nothing else in the world can make me happier than on April the 16th, 2011, when the Lord came by and knocked on my heart's door and said, you can have life and you can have it more abundantly. All you got to do is come take it. If you'll just believe like he told Martha, if you'll just believe you can have it, you can have life and have it more abundantly. And every day since April the 11th, 2016, I've had life and have it more abundantly. I may have failed. I've fallen flat on my face sometimes, but the Lord's always picked me back up. He ain't never left me where I was laying. He ain't never said, no, that's too much. I can't help you no more. He ain't never said, oh, you've messed up too much. He always said, come on back home, son. I still love you. I didn't die for you just to leave you on the road. I didn't die for you just to leave you in the ditch. I died for you so you could have life and have it more abundantly. And he's blessed me day after day after day after day. And here we all sit in his house. Here we all sit. He's quickened us. He's made us alive to sit in his house in heavenly places. And we've forgotten that we used to be dead. We've forgotten that where we used to be. We've forgotten on July the 25th, 2000, we was a drunk. We forgot on March the 25th, 2000, we was a drunk. We've forgotten all the way back before April 1st, 1968, we was a drunk. We forgot on April the 15th, 2011, I was lost. I may have been a preacher's kid. I may have come to Mount Vernon since I was three, but it didn't matter. I was lost. I was dead already, and the Lord came by. He called my name and gave me more than I could ever have imagined. I can't thank him enough for what he's done for me. I had death to look forward to. I had nothing, nothing in my life would I have if he would have came by and called my name. He called my name. He didn't call Lamont. He didn't call Jerry. He called me out of everybody else and saved my soul from hell. He gave me life and gave it to me more abundantly. What more could we ask for? I didn't deserve it, but he still called my name. I still don't deserve it, but he still blesses me and keeps me and puts me exactly where he wants me. What more could we ask for than such a forgiving Savior, such a loving Savior? We treat the Lord by like a credit card. I thought about when Bill mentioned that. We ain't got no money. We'll swap a credit card. We'll swipe it and swipe it and swipe it and swipe it. And then here we are, $10,000 in credit card debt and wonder, where, wonder why. Because <laughs> we didn't have money to begin with and then we can't afford a credit card bill. And here we sit in debt and just all gripe and complain. We come to church, don't live right, swipe our grace card over and over and over and over again and expect the Lord to keep on blessing. Expect the Lord to keep us exactly where we were. Expect the Lord just to keep on blessing and keep on, keep on loving us and just keep on. But that ain't the way it's going to be. The bill's coming due. The statement always comes at the end of the month from our credit card bills. One of these days, the Lord's going to expect us payment. We can't just keep swapping the grace card. Expect things to keep going the way they're going. Grace ain't a crutch. I'm glad we have it, but it ain't a crutch. If we didn't have grace, I'd be in hell right now. But it ain't a crutch. We still have to live right. We still have to try. And I thank God that we have grace. I thank God we have mercy. Because without it, I'd still be going to hell. I'd still be a lost sinner boy. I'd still have nothing. But he gave me life. We can't use the Lord like a credit card. The bill, judgment is coming. The bill is coming. He's going to expect his payment. And we are sitting back doing nothing. We've forgotten that we were dead. We forgot what we used to be. We can't keep going on this way and expect things to stay the same. We want Mount Vernon to grow. We want the ones that's gone astray to come back. We're going to have to work for it. The Lord ain't just going to do it. 
We have to work for it. He needs willing vessels. He can do anything, but he needs willing vessels. He needs people that will go. The harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. We had three going, and I know it was short notice. I ain't fussing. We had three going visitation Saturday. Should I come? But there wasn't no women, so I sent her back home. <laughs> three. And I understand it was short, short notice. But if I said, hey, I bought tickets to Carowinds this Saturday, everybody want to go? There would have been a whole lot more than three. There would have been a whole lot more than three people. If I'd have said, hey, we gonna, I bought tickets to the Super Bowl, we all going to go. There would a whole lot more than three people. We've got lost family dying and going to hell, and we can't even go on visitation on Saturday. Got lost, I've got lost family dying and going to hell. When's the last time I went and seen them? And I asked him, do you know, without a shadow of a doubt, she say, if you was to die today, where would you go? People are dying and going to hell every day. People's eternities are at stake. Heaven and hell, that's it. There is nothing else. There is nothing else. There's one or two places. People's eternities, our eternities are at stake. I don't want to chance it. It ain't worth it to me to chance it. I don't want to hear depart from me. It ain't worth it. Nothing in this world is worth it because then I can't ever get out. I can't ever escape. I can't ever get away from it because I forgot that I was dead and thought I could just do whatever. Thought the Lord would just keep on blessing. Thought I could just keep on swiping that grace credit card and get by. But we can't get by. The statement's coming. The bill's coming. Judgment's coming. The Lord expects His payment. He give us everything. He give us life. We ain't just going to get by with it for free. It's a free gift and we can get it for free, but there's some work that is required of us after we receive life. After we receive life. He's given me far more than I could ever work for. He, we ain't saved by works, but He expects something of us. He expects us to do something. He ain't just going to give us life and we just get to do nothing the rest of our life. I can't just go apply for a job and then not do nothing and get paid for it. That ain't how it works. That ain't how this life works. The Lord wants to give us life, but we're going to have to do something for it. If he's already given us life, then we ought to be telling everybody else that, hey, you're dead already. You can have life and have it more abundantly. Everybody in the world can have life and have it more abundantly. If we tell them, how are they going to know? Not everybody was raised in church. Not everybody knows that this is here. Even in Surrey County, not everybody knows this is here. Not everybody was raised in church. Not everybody's grandma and grandpa drug them to church. Not everybody has went to church. Not everybody knows the gospel. I'm sure in some some form or fashion, they're probably believers of God, but they don't know that this is here. Whose fault is it? It ain't the Lord's fault. He's undone everything. He's already done everything he could. It ain't his fault. I was dead. Had nothing. No hope. No peace. No joy. When Todd couldn't breathe and couldn't sleep, that's going to be a little bit what hell's like. You ever been close to a fire? When it gets real, real hot, don't kind of take your breath away? <clears throat> I had a bonfire at the house there last night. And I've told y'all before, every time we used to have a bonfire at the house, Dad said, that'd be awful for eternity, wouldn't it? Amen. And Ella was out there, and I thought to myself, ah, might be a little early to start that on her. She ain't but two. But man, I threw a, I threw a couple pieces of cardboard on there, and it lit up, and man, it kind of took your breath away a little bit. What do you think it's going to be like in hell, living in fire constantly? Darkness, fire, weeping, wailing, gnashing of teeth. Why do we leave it up to chance? Just because the Lord give us life don't mean we can just coast on through. I don't want to leave it up to chance. I don't want to ever have to face the fire. I don't ever want to have to face the things that 
that ain't meant for me. <laughs> the Lord is going to give me life. Don't waste it away. Don't give it back to the devil. Don't give it back to the one who's trying to kill you, who's trying to steal it from you, who's trying to destroy you. He could care less about you. He just wants to drag you down with him. Why don't we go with the one that's given us life and give it to us more abundantly? The one who's given us everything that we've got. Go to uh, Matthew 26. We'll start in verse 36. It says, Then, <clears throat> then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. And then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. So the Lord knows he's about to be crucified. He knows what's coming. He's going to go pray and make sure what he's doing is right, make sure he's following the Lord's will. And he tells, us, he tells these uh, three disciples here, just tarry here and watch with me. And he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What, could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their, excuse me, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then he cometh to the disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed in the hands of sinners. My thought there is... Now, this is all the way towards the end of Matthew. The Lord's getting ready to be crucified. The disciples have walked with Jesus all this time. He's, they've seen all these miracles all this time. All these years they've walked with the Lord and they've seen all the things He's done. And all He asked was, watch with me for an hour. All He said was, watch with me for an hour. And they couldn't even make it an hour. They didn't even make it an hour before they was asleep. And I thought, man, there's a whole lot of people that's forgotten what the Lord's done. We've walked with the Lord for years and we've forgotten what He's done. We've forgotten that we were dead. And all he asked us to do was watch for a little while, pray, seek, seek the Lord. All he's asked us to do is just a few little things that we can't even make it an hour. We can't even make it an hour on Sunday before we're thinking about where we're going to go eat. We can't even make it from Sunday to Wednesday to know whether we're going to come back to church on Wednesday night or not. Then we can't make it from Sunday to Sunday. Well, something's going to come up. I ain't going to be able to make it to church Sunday. And the Lord's saying, could you not even watch with me for an hour? He's eventually going to get fed up with us enough where he's going to just sleep on just go ahead and sleep. Hours at hand. Just go ahead and keep on sleeping. All he asks is just a few little things. I know the flesh is weak, but the spirit's willing. If we'll just hold on to God and remember that we were dead, remember we had nothing, he don't ask much of us. Compared to what he went through, he don't ask much of us. And he says, what, could you not watch with me one hour? There's a whole lot of people that ain't here tonight that's forgotten that they were dead. And the Lord said, could you not even come to church on Wednesday night? Could you not even come to church on Sunday? Could you not make it to Sunday school or was you just a little lazy on Sunday morning? 
Could you not come to church on Sunday and actually listen to preaching and get what I've got for you? Was an hour too much to ask? Could you not go visit on Saturday or was a couple hours too much to ask? Could you not tell that person at the grocery store or was that just too much to ask? Can you not go tell your lost family that there's a way, there's an escape? They don't have to die and go to hell. They don't have to keep living the way that they're living. They don't have to keep living in death because that's what it is. Or is that just too much to ask? The Lord has given us everything. He's given us life. He don't ask much of us. I'm afraid I'm disappointing him every day. He'll, he'll come down and say, Justin, could you not even talk about me for just an hour? Could you not witness to your lost and work co-workers up there for just an hour? Could you not tell them to come to church? They may say no 99 times, but that one time could be all that matters. At one time. One time of the Lord knocking on my heart changed my life forever. One time could change somebody's life forever, but we're asleep. We've forgotten that we were dead. We've kicked back and relaxed in church and we're asleep. We've forgotten what we were, that we were dead and the Lord's given us life. We've, I was dead already. I had nothing until the Lord came by. And now he's saying, could you not even watch with me for an hour? Back at the youth revival, we had three youngins get saved. I ain't none of them here tonight. And I ain't trying to be mean or ugly or call anybody out because there's been times that I could have went and done extra for the Lord and I didn't. But man, how soon we forget. Them youngins was dead. And the Lord gave them life. And something else is more important. There's been sickness going around. I know things happen, but ain't always the case. Something else is more important. What am I showing my youngins? What am I showing my lost family? What am I showing my lost co-workers? Something else is more important or God's all that matters. I hope they see my truck up here half the time when they go back and forth from the shop. Come up here today to study for a little while. I hope every one of them see my truck up here parked in the parking lot. I hope every one of them can see just a little bit of Jesus on me because, man, that's all that matters in this life. That's all. My, my life is a speck. It is not, Eternity is forever. We can't even comprehend how long eternity is. And there's people dying and going to hell every day because we couldn't even watch with the Lord for an hour. We couldn't even serve him for an hour. We couldn't even remember back to a time when we was lost and dying and going to hell. When he give us life, and we later on down the road we forget. We think we can get by with things. We think the older I got, the more I thought I could get by with it, mom and daddy. And they knew 99% of everything I was doing. The older we get as Christians, the more we think we know and the more we think we can get by with. The Bible says, come as little babes. We need to act like we don't know a thing. We need to act like we just don't know nothing. Follow the guidance of the Lord and do what He wants us to do. Because if I try and go on my own strength and my own power, I'll fall flat on my face every time. I'll go to hell quicker than anything else. Because if I do it on my own power and my own power, it ain't going to work. It ain't going to be nothing. Galatians 1. Verse 6 is this, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. I'm, I marvel that some of these are so soon removed. I'm surprised that some of these forget so soon what the Lord's done for them. 
I'm guilty myself. I ain't throwing stones up here tonight. I ain't trying to make anybody mad. I ain't doing nothing other than what the Lord's told me to do. But I'm shocked at some of these out of Mount Vernon Church that they've let the devil come in and just kill, steal, and destroy. The only help we've got for any of these problems, the only help for anxiety, the only help for all these problems we've got is right here. If a whole lot of us would get pride out of the way and be honest with ourselves, there'd be a whole lot more than just Tommy and altar. Be a whole lot more than just one and altar. We've all forgotten what God's done for us. We've all failed and come short. That's why God set up the church. That's why we can repent and get things right. That's why things are set up the way they are because he knew we'd fall. He knew we'd fail. That's why we have grace and mercy. That's why we have church. That's why we have an altar to repent and pray. That's why we have an intercessor with the Father. Because he knew that we'd forget so soon. He knew that he'd come and die for us and give us life and then we'd just forget about him. He knew that, yeah, we get fired up for a little while, youth revival or adult revival or, or going to Alabama or whatever it may be, and then we'd forget. We'd forget. I don't want to forget the spirit that I felt the night I got saved. I don't want to forget that I was dead and going to hell. I don't want to forget that everything I've got, the Lord's given it to me. I don't want to forget that I was dead and headed straight for hell until Jesus passed by. And then he gave me life and gave it to me more abundantly. I didn't deserve it. didn't do nothing for it. He didn't have to call my name, but he did. He didn't have to give me life, but he did. He didn't have to die on a cross, but he did. Also, we could make it to heaven. Also, we could have life and have it more abundantly. I ain't coming to make nobody mad tonight, but we've forgotten that we were dead. We've forgotten what the Lord's done for us. We've forgotten that we were dead and headed straight for hell. And then Jesus came by and gave us life and gave it to us more abundantly. He's given me more than I could have ever dreamed. He's blessed me more than I've ever deserved. Give me a good church family. I love all y'all. He's given me a good church family. Mickey, when you come here on Wednesday night with scripture, it blesses my heart. When we come in here, I love seeing each and every one of you. And the ones that ain't here, I understand part of the preacher's burden now. The ones that ain't here, it hurts. The ones that's left, it hurts. Stevie needs to be here. Don and Casey and them youngins need to be here. What did they see of us which pushed them away? I know it all ain't our fault, but what did they see of us that pushed them away? They not see there's enough love up here at Mount Vernon that we still love them anyhow. Jared needs to be here with Asher. They need to be here. All these ones that's just left and fallen away, not the ones that's aggravated the preacher. They can just do whatever. But the ones that's just fallen away and not come back, they need to be here. What do they see from us? The church could almost double in size if we just go get the ones that just walked away. If we just go get the ones that just ain't quite living right. Maybe they're too ashamed to come back. Maybe Rahab needs to see that somebody still loves her. There's a world that's lost and dying and going to hell. They're dead already. It ain't shoving it down their throat to tell them they can have life and have it more abundantly. I've heard Bill say it plenty of times. If the bridge is out, it ain't shoving it down somebody's throat to say, hey, stop. The bridge is out. Don't go that way. I heard TJ say several times, death ain't behind us chasing it. We're walking straight at it. It's already appointed what day we're going to die. We ain't going to change it for nothing. Have we forgotten that we used to be dead already? The Lord came by. This world needs Jesus more than anything. It don't matter who's president. It don't matter if the whole ozone layer falls off and the global warming runs everywhere. It don't matter what happens. Because it's all going to burn one day anyway. This world ain't going to last forever. It wasn't made to. Time is running out. 
And the world is dying and going to hell. They're dead already and don't even know it because we ain't told them. We've forgotten what the Lord's done for us, so we ain't told nobody else. It takes just a little bit of work. I appreciate what the Lord's done for me. I didn't deserve it. He didn't have to call my name. He didn't have to save me from hell. He didn't have to call me to preach. He didn't have to give me a wife and youngins. He didn't have to keep me away from drugs and alcohol. He didn't have to keep me away from all the things he kept me away from. But he did. Ain't that something we're praising God for? He didn't have to put us all at Mount Vernon Church where we heard the true word of God and that we can't live any old way we want to live and still make it to heaven. I know my flesh. If I heard that, that's exactly what I'd do. I'd do whatever I want to do and think I was still all right. If we'd all be honest, we all think the same exact way. I don't want to forget what God's done for me. I was dead. I was dead already in my sins and trespasses. And then Jesus came by and saved my soul. That's worth everything. If you don't do nothing else, I could praise him for the rest of my life. If nothing else, for the other people he's put around me. The pastor I've got, the teachers I had when I was a teenager, the ones that pulled me back in when I thought I could do what I wanted to do. The love of God that I've seen, God's mercy and grace. That's something to praise God for. We didn't deserve it, but He gave it to us anyhow. And give me life and give it to me more abundantly. You seen old man's dead do that? Yeah. We'd all be honest with ourselves. We all could pray. No, I ain't got no voice left. <laughs> now and then, an old friend of mine I've not seen for some time will stop by and ask me. Where I've been, what's on my mind? Wonder why I'm not drinking and still painting this old town red. Well, I tell them I'm serving Jesus now, and the old man is dead. And the man you see before you, he may look a lot the same. I may wear the same clothes, have the same old name. But you're looking on the outside, if you could see inside instead, you'd see that brand new man, cause the old man is dead. Well, I used to live such a wicked life, had no hope inside. I was lost in darkness, searching for the light. Then one night in a little church, after hearing what the preacher said, I gave my life to Jesus, and the old man was dead. And the man you see before you, he may look a lot the same. I may wear the same clothes, have the same old name. But you're looking on the outside, if you could see inside instead. You'd see that brand new man, cause the old 